For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend and I'm glad you're here with us on board for a very powerful week coming up on the show. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget on social media, Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and through social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I am at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note. Let me know what's on your mind. I love to hear from you guys. All right. As I mentioned, we're going to have a very powerful week of shows coming up. Later this week, we're going to have a very special guest with us. The extraordinary actor, Kelsey Grammer, will be here. I am blessed to call him a friend. He is one of the most interesting and and smartest people I've ever met. We're going to talk to him about his new movie called Jesus Revolution, which I saw and absolutely loved. And we'll talk to him about his own personal journey through addiction and to faith, as well as his legendary career from Cheers to Frasier and beyond. It's going to be an incredible and special conversation. Not to be missed, I promise you. All right, today I want to deal with the financial sector and what is going down before our eyes here. Also, later in the show, we're going to lighten it up a little bit 
because we deal with a lot of heavy but very important stuff on this show, but we've got to have some fun too, or we will go crazy. So today we're going to do a fun and politically incorrect recap of last night's Academy Awards uh, with entertainment reporter Lauren Conlin. She's going to be here, and you guys are not going to want to miss what I have to say about what I was actually doing during the broadcast last night because it got so boring. I mean, I still watch it, and I watch the red carpet because I am still a chick, and I appreciate pretty dresses, hair and makeup. I love to see what the stars are wearing. Okay, also, you need to know where the culture is if we're going to wage the culture wars. So it does us no good to ignore what Hollywood is doing. You have to know what they're doing so we can fight back. So I watch every year, and uh, I watched this time, but it was so boring that you guys are going to flip out when you find out what I was actually doing while I was watching the broadcast. I was multitasking, okay? But what I was actually doing is hilarious, and I will share that with you and Lauren coming up later today. Okay, all of that is straight ahead. But first, the Monica memo. Given the fact that the financial sector is under tremendous pressure, thank goodness that we actually have leaders in Washington who know what they're doing. Oh, wait, we don't. Exactly. Before we get to this uh, banking crisis, I want to begin with this story because, as I always say on this show, everything is all of a piece. And I want to begin with this because this story blew me away over the last couple of days, and it is related to what we're seeing in the banking sector today. Get this, you guys. Did you know that Congress hasn't just broken the sound barrier, but even the speed of light with its reckless spending? That's the conclusion of Jim Carter, who is at the America First Policy Institute. He did a full analysis on government spending, and here's what he says. Quote, following Congress's latest spending frenzy, the Congressional Budget Office raised its spending estimate for fiscal 2023 to $6.221 trillion dollars or more than $197,000 per second. Ironically, that's a bit higher than the speed of light, which is 186,282 miles per second. So I want you to absorb this. The government is spending nearly $200,000 per second And then they wonder why we have massive inflation. There is so much money sloshing around the system. About $10 trillion above and beyond the normal outrageous levels of government spending over the past like three years. Now, a lot of that was due to the COVID emergency. We shut down the economy in the Trump administration. We had to step in and make sure that the American people and America's uh, businesses and industries of all sizes could get through the most acute period of the crisis. And we are all very proud of what we did during that period of time because it was an unprecedented crisis. 
Nobody had ever seen anything like this before. And now we all know it was planned in a giant setup to stop Donald Trump. We understand that now, but we didn't at the time. I suspected it. I was at the Treasury Department. I got it. I understood, but we still needed to act. Okay. So because it was unprecedented and there was nobody to whom anybody could turn, not the president, not the treasury secretary, nobody could pick up the phone and call a predecessor and say, what did y'all do during the last pandemic? Because that was 1918. Now there were people like former treasury secretary, Hank Paulson, to whom they could turn on some of the uh, fiscal response, some of the monetary response, because he had been through the fiscal crisis of 07, 08, 09. And they reacted with emergency measures back then. But by and large, because it was a pandemic with a wholesale shutdown of the economy, not just the financial sector, this was something that everybody was just flying blind. And so we are very proud of what we did during that uh, crisis because we stood up programs in record time and got money out to people who needed it to keep payroll going, people on the payroll, connected to their health insurance, etc. So was it perfect? Of course not. Nothing government ever does is perfect because there is no profit motive. There's a power motive, but there's no profit motive. So we did have to engage with emergency level spending during the actual emergency. The problem is that Biden and the Democrats, when they came in in January of 21, kept spending at emergency levels without the actual emergency. And that's where you get into deep, deep trouble. Trillions and trillions of dollars they have spent over the last two plus years on complete nonsense, infrastructure bill, American rescue plan, when none of this was needed. And the amount of money that they allocated and are spending is completely off the wall, completely off the wall. So they're spending trillions of dollars on nonsense, so many more trillions in the pipeline just waiting to be spent all of it committed, all of it allocated, all of these trillions of dollars being pumped down into the system, wasted on nonsense, out the window, and now here we are with insane, punishing inflation. We're going to get to the bank story in a second, but before we do, I've got to share this story with you. It's mind-boggling. I was in New York City the other day, Actually, I was coming back from CPAC, so I guess it was last Sunday, not this past, not yesterday, but the Sunday before. I came back to New York City from Washington, D.C., and it was about noon by the time I got home. And uh, by the time I unpacked and kind of went through my mail and relaxed after being away for a couple of days, I have decided I was hungry. I hadn't eaten all day. So I decided I was going to call the local diner. Okay, I'm not calling Danielle. I'm not calling the Four Seasons or the Waldorf Astoria for my meal. I called the local diner and I said to myself, all right, I'm going to have basically one meal. I'm going to treat myself and have like one meal for the day. Okay. And maybe I'm going to order enough that I can pick at it all day and just, you know, kind of graze on this meal. And I was really craving eggs. So I called the local diner. 
and I ordered an omelet, three egg omelet with tomatoes, onions, feta cheese, and avocado. That's how I like my omelet. You guys can at me all day long at the email, like, what are you putting avocado in your omelet? It's delicious and I love it. So there. So I ordered the omelet with the four ingredients in it. I ordered a side of bacon and I ordered a side of sausage. Okay. And this was going to be, I, I know the cholesterol don't at me, but it was going to be my one meal for the day. Right. And it was going to be a lot of food, a three egg omelet, the side of bacon, the side of sausage. I was starving and that's what I wanted. I don't eat like that every day. So don't at me. Okay. So I called the diner and I ordered this and I said, uh, I will come and pick it up. I don't want you to deliver it. I need some fresh air. When it's ready in about 10 minutes, I'm going to come and get it. They said, great. So 10 minutes later, I go to the diner to pick up my food and I go to check out and she says to me, here's your omelet, bacon, sausage. It's $49, $49 for an omelet, bacon, and sausage. Now I realized it's New York city where everything is more expensive I realized that eggs are out of control. It's like $20 now for a dozen eggs. Each egg is over a dollar. So I understand eggs are very expensive now. And bacon is off the charts. Bacon is incredibly expensive now too. But I'm talking, there were four strips of bacon in my order. $49. I literally did a double shake and I checked the receipt because I was like, oh, this has to be wrong. It was not wrong. That order was $49. So then I felt like I needed to advertise the food over two days, like eat half of it on Sunday and add the other half on Monday, spread out the cost. The costs of living in this country, basic items, food, gasoline, Energy, home heating costs are out of control because of this inflation. And it's all because of Joe Biden and the Democrats. Inflation was running at 1.4% when uh, Donald Trump handed off the economy to Joe Biden, 1.4%. And now it hit a high of 9.1, and now it's settled in the 6% range. The inflation is elevated, very high, and deeply entrenched. And this is one of the reasons why we're seeing these banks beginning to collapse. One of the reasons why, and we're going to get into this more on the other side of the break, but the the bank and these analysts are saying, oh, well, we didn't see higher interest rates coming. So we weren't prepared for higher interest rate. First of all, the Fed has been raising rates now for over a year. They were way too late on it, but they have been doing it over a year. This has been telegraphed for a really long time that the Fed was going to raise rates. So the the argument that they weren't prepared for it doesn't really wash. But you see how it's all interrelated here. Biden and the Democrats come in, spend like crazy, pump so much money down into the system, including into these banks like the Silicon Valley Bank. They're awash in cash They're giving it out left and right. 
and how much of it's insured, et cetera. And now we're starting to see. So you see how the cascading effect of all of this is just completely destructive and completely off the wall. And it's all because our leaders in Washington, but frankly, our leaders everywhere, we're the bank regulators. Yeah, exactly. Where are these people? Nobody is doing their actual job in America anymore. When we come back, we're going to get right on top of this banking uh, situation. So sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Which brings us to these uh, bank collapses, which we've seen over the last, what, 24 or 48 hours. This is very serious business, guys. The first bank to falter and then fail, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, that failed on Friday. That bank is the 16th largest bank in America. It's the second largest bank to fail in American history, only behind Washington Mutual. Um, And... We've got the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation taking control of the distressed bank. So we, we have this, um, it's a, a tech sector-based bank based in Silicon Valley, major player in the financial sector. And last week, when panicked customers suddenly withdrew tens of billions of dollars from the bank, the bank absolutely crumbled, right? Um, Meanwhile, you had regulators saying that this bank was fine just days before this collapse. In fact, Moody's Analytics, they went in and said, hey, a rating on this bank recently. Where are the regulators? Okay, where are the people who are supposed to be watching this thing? Every time we have a major crisis in this country, 
we create some sort of a commission or we run around and say we're going to try to fix it and put in new regulations and new watchdogs so this kind of thing never happens again. You're hearing it now all the time with regard to COVID, right? Oh, we've got to figure out what happened last time so it never happens again. It's nonsense. Of course it's going to happen again because when the deep state or when uh, criminals or thugs or terrorists or whatever decide that they want to do something, they're going to do it. They're going to find a way around it. And we sit here and we, we contemplate our navels every time and crisis after crisis comes at us. And you know, the person holding the bag is you. In the end, it's the American taxpayer, the American soldier, the American people who end up paying for this crap because our leaders can't get their shit together. I'm sorry for the language, but it is infuriating. After the financial crisis of 2007, 8, 9, they were supposed to put in all these regulations to prevent this kind of stuff from happening. Put in new watchdogs and regulators and and regulations, right? Oh, well, Donald Trump rolled some back. He is absolutely not responsible for what happened in the Silicon Valley, a bank failure. And now we've got other failures like the Signature Bank. We've got First Republic Bank on the rocks. The contagion might spread. So this might be more serious than people think right now. But mechanisms are always supposed to be there right, as backstops to preventing this kind of thing. Remember after 9-11, we had a whole 9-11 commission. It happened because intelligence and law enforcement couldn't speak to each other and share data and intelligence. So, okay, we took the wall down. Well, okay, great. But we still had terrorist attacks happening against America's interests, including here at home. Okay, so, you know, and, and now we've got a wide open border with terrorists walking across the border every day. So it's only a matter of time before there is another terrorist attack. And, well, are these mechanisms stopping it? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We don't know. But when you leave it in the hands of quote-unquote leaders who are interested in the actual destruction of this country, you're going to get crisis after crisis because they simply don't care. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen appeared uh, to hint yesterday that the government might step in to fund uninsured deposits at the Silicon Valley Bank. So the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which took the bank into receivership on Friday, they insured deposits up to $250,000. After that, you are on your own if you have more money in that institution. On Friday, the FDIC said all insured deposits would be made available today, this morning. Most Silicon Valley Bank deposits, though, are way above that. I mean, you have companies that had millions, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in that bank. The FDIC said that it had not yet determined the amount of uninsured deposits, but did say that depositors with amounts in excess of 250 grand would get an advanced dividend this week. The amount of the dividend has yet to be determined. I guess they're still trying to figure that out. Some customers 
obviously very worried that they're not going to have access to their funds needed to make payrolls if they have a company account there, pay vendors this week, etc. So you have a lot of businesses of all sizes in absolute panic if they were banking at Silicon Valley. Bank regulators are concerned that panic customers, they're going to try to withdraw from other banks. We saw this over the course of today. And it's putting other banks into jeopardy, right? Here is Janet Yellen on Face the Nation yesterday. During the financial crisis, um, there were um, investors um, and owners of systemic large banks that were bailed out. We're not going to do that again. So she's saying, look, we're not looking to bail out the banks with capital injections or the kind of measures that we took back in 2008. But it does look like she's opening the possibility of government providing funds to make sure that even those uninsured deposits at this bank are accessible to these customers. Now, the government is also trying to find a willing buyer for the deposits, um, maybe one of the other banks, a bigger bank, Elon Musk has said, hey, look, I'll, I'll take a look at it. <laughs> Elon Musk to the rescue again. Um, but you, you have a real problem here. And this financial sector does seem to be under incredible pressure because all it takes is one crack like this for the contagion to break wide open. It's like an earthquake. An earthquake starts with one crack in the earth, and the next thing you know, it opens wide and is swallowing cars and homes. So you got the Fed taking emergency measures. You've got the door open for some kind of a bailout here, which sounds like you and me. Yet again, people who work hard, us deplorables in middle America, normal, hardworking Americans are going to pay for this kind of risk-taking. That's what it sounds like. I hope not. And look, I feel terrible for these small businesses and individuals doing their banking in this institution. I feel terrible for them. It's not their fault. But this is like, this is off-the-wall kind of risk-taking. They say, oh, well, we weren't prepared for the high interest rates. Again, Anybody with a brain should have been prepared for high interest rates when inflation began to spike in 2001, when I and Larry Kudlow, so many others were screaming about inflation taking off. So I don't really buy any of that. I don't buy the nonsense that, well, we weren't prepared for, um, you know, for this kind of situation with the high interest rates. And all of a sudden they were climbing and then we didn't know what to do. That is just nonsense. So before the collapse, the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank took out uh, $3.6 million in shares a couple of days before the bank's collapse. Again, Moody's had the bank at an A rating right before the collapse. And uh, the bank employees received big bonuses hours before the government takeover. So they all knew that it was going to collapse, and uh, they acted anyway to shore up themselves. By the way, wouldn't it be nice to have the $200 billion that we have funneled into corrupt Ukraine, wouldn't that have been nice to have right about now? Wouldn't that have been nice to have had uh, before this to shore up America's banks? Just saying. Also, 
the bank's head of risk assessment, a woman named Jay Arasapa, was a woke nightmare who was focused not on actual risk assessment at the bank, but on diversity, equity, and inclusion, on DEI woke nonsense, like she did a full month on LGBTQ pride. Would have been nice if she were focused on her actual job of assessing risk instead of plastering the bank with rainbows. She also implemented safe spaces for staff. And in a corporate video published just nine months ago, she said she, quote, could not be prouder to work for SVB, serving underrepresented entrepreneurs. Part of the reason we got into the last financial crisis was because they were giving home loans to people who could not afford them. In other words, underrepresented folks. So the whole woke nonsense is plunging the financial sector yet again into a crisis. Where was Secretary Yellen a week before this, a week before the SVB collapse? Oh, that's right. She was in Ukraine promising another $10 billion to Zelensky. Meanwhile, this morning, Joe Biden came out and he spoke meaninglessly for about two minutes on the bank collapse. Listen. We must get the full accounting of what happened and why those responsible can be held accountable. Uh, We'll get to the bottom of it. You know, if only Biden were as committed to finding out about the origins of COVID-19 as he is about getting to the bottom of the SVB collapse, that would be nice. The idea that he stood there like an automaton and said basically nothing and then bolted without taking reporters' questions is peak Biden twaddle. We are going to keep a close eye on what is going on in the financial sector and America's banks. But I got to tell you, the recklessness and destruction that we see all around us is the direct result of a consequence-free society. The people who plunged us into the last financial crisis, not one went to jail. And so why not? Act crazy, put everybody at risk, you'll get bailed out and you won't go to prison. The recklessness and destruction we see all around us in this country is the direct result of a consequence-free society, period. That's why we need all normal people, all of us normies, deplorables, we need all hands on deck to fight back against this absolute travesty of so-called leadership in this country. And in order to fight back, you got to be healthy. I know it's really hard to eat healthy when you're so busy, traveling, taking care of the kids, or just the daily hustle, right? It can be really hard to get the daily recommended vegetables and fruits in your diet. That's why I take Field of Greens to stay healthy every day. It's whole organic fruit and vegetables, not a watered-down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, 
blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. Let me get you started right now with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy, but your best proof will be at your next checkup when your doctor says, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. To get 15% off, visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com. We're coming right back. Well, as we've been doing all day on the show today, and as we usually do on the Monica Crowley podcast, we've covered some very heavy things like the financial sector and banks going under. So I figured we would lighten things up a bit toward the tail end of today's show by talking about last night's Academy Awards program. (laughs) Yes, I sat through it all, and I sat through the red carpet on E!, which every year I actually look forward to because I like to look at pretty dresses on actresses and I like to see the hair and the makeup and the jewelry. I'm still a girl, guys, okay? I'm out here fighting for my country as a warrior, but I'm still a chick and I still like to see the pretty dresses. So I watched the entire thing for hours on end. I almost opened a vein when the show started, but that's a different (laughs) issue. And joining me now to talk about all of it is my great friend, Lauren Conlon. Lauren is a podcast host. Her podcast is phenomenal. It's so much fun. It's called Lauren Interviews and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Lauren Interviews. It's an entertainment-based podcast podcast and she's got all these big stars on all the time. It's just really fun. So please go check it out. And on Twitter, she is at Conlin, C-O-N-L-I-N underscore Lauren. And Lauren Conlin joins me now. Hey. Hi, Monica. Thanks for having me. And thanks for saying such nice things about my podcast. I appreciate you. Well, it's so true. And it's my pleasure, of course, Lauren. And I've known you for a while and you're absolutely adorable. And you're such a great entertainment reporter. By the way, I should tell everybody that I guess it was about two years ago when I came out of the Trump administration, I was actually on your podcast. Yes, yes, you were. And I, I do, like you said, it's mainly entertainment, but I do cover a little bit of politics, a little bit of crime. And I loved having you because I actually learned a lot. You know, there's a lot that I don't know, um, you know, on that side. And you are just, uh, gosh, you have so much information and you've just, you know, you've done so much. So I, I loved having you on. And you're also very funny, Monica. I didn't see that one coming when you said I almost opened a vein. That was good. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> well, it's true. The show was so boring last night that I, I was like, I was online. You know what I was actually doing, Lauren? Mm. You'll crack up. I yeah. was, while the show was going on and they did every, I mean, they, they announced early Han in the show that they were going to restore all 32 basic awards to last night's broadcast. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh man. And it started with like sound engineering. Yep. Um, yeah. uh, whatever. Um, uh, the, um, mm-hmm. the custodians who work on animation <laughs> while that's being done, yeah, like every, yeah. right. Like no, everything. And Jimmy Kimmel was, he was very, he was very clear. Like you said, from the beginning, he's like, this is going to be brutal guys. This is going to be so long. And I'm like, why are you saying this? I'm already flipping back and forth between this and like a, a TV show. So why are you doing this to everybody? So can I tell you what I was doing during the other awards? Please. I had my iPad and I was buying bras. 
<laughs> I swear to God, I was on my iPad buying bras. I was like, all right, well, let's let's cut to the chase here. That's funny. No, that's I get that. You know, that last night's show, I'll tell you, that was a show you can absolutely be scrolling on. You can you can do whatever you want on your phone and still get the gist of what's going on. Because last night's show totally boring. They totally missed the mark by playing it way too safe after the slap. And, and, and I get it, right? I get it. But man, that was rough. That was yeah, rough it, for me. It did seem like they were overcompensating because last year we got a little too much excitement with Will Smith mm-hmm. slapping Chris Rock. And then Chris Rock now has this new special out. And I saw it over the weekend. It is hysterical. And it's it also important because he takes on cancel culture. He takes on free speech. Watch this Chris Rock special on Netflix if you can, because I thought it was yes. really well done. But in light of all of this, I guess Mm. the Academy said, all right, let's go back to our boring roots and play it really safe. Yes. But the audience is like, what the heck? Mm. And I think, you know, it's funny. You watch these shows and you get so excited. Or or I I used to get so excited just as someone who works in entertainment, someone who's always, you know, been totally obsessed with movies and films and, and beautiful actresses. And it's just now that I'm older... I look at this and I'm like, this seems like an elitist club that I don't want to be a part of. Um, and I hate saying that because I still love movies. I still love films. And, and I did enjoy a lot of the movies this year. I really did. But something about this, and, and you tweeted this last night and we briefly spoke about it off the air, but sponsored by Pfizer. I, I didn't like that. I, I'm tying all this together in my head and it makes me uncomfortable. It really does. It makes me just a little bit um, untrusting of, of certain people in Hollywood. And, and I don't like it. You know, I really don't like it. I, I, there are certain people, like you mentioned, Chris Rock and his whole crew, Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider. I've seen all of them live doing stand-up. And it, Monica, it is so obvious that they are Republicans or conservative just from, you know, the way they speak and what they say. And and they're they're loud about it, but they're not really, you know. And this is why this crew doesn't really come out to award shows too much. Yeah, you yeah, know, because yeah. they just don't they don't buy it. Yeah, they're not picking up what they're putting down. In Hollywood, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and it's true. When I saw the Pfizer commercial last night, the 95th Academy Awards brought to you by Pfizer, mm. and mm. then there were a, a, at least one, maybe more ads pushing the latest booster on the audience, and I was yeah. like, whoa! I mean, Pfizer right? is everywhere. They're in professional sports. They're all across the news. They sponsor every news network. Every a Sunday morning show, Meet the Bros, brought to you I mean, by Pfizer. I, I mean, you, come on. Can I ask you if that's, is that normal for, um, you know, a, a company like that, like to, to be sponsoring these awards? Like, does that happen? I don't even know. I'm just wondering. Like, this is crazy. It, like, nor, it, does Moderna sponsor? I mean, right? I don't, Johnson & Johnson? Well, I've never seen this before. Entertainment shows, that's a good question. Okay, I think in the last couple of years, Pfizer has really made the scene because they have made you know, hundreds of billions of dollars off the COVID shot. Um, I will tell you the U.S. Open last year, um, the U.S. Open sponsored 
Uh, excuse me, Moderna sponsored the U.S. Open. They were one of the major sponsors. And so that's why I don't think it was a coincidence that they blocked Djokovic, worked with the Biden administration to block Djokovic, who is uh, number one in the world, but unvaccinated from coming into the country. Correct. In other words, the corruption runs everywhere and so deep. And now- I just got chills. I'm not lying. I literally, I'm not even cold, Monica. My shoulders just got chills. Yeah, no, I know. And then, you know, we're oh. watching the, the Oscars last night and the point was raised that, you know, everybody is in the audience looking beautiful, but I believe it was Jessica Chastain was still wearing a mask in the crowd. And yeah. so when Jimmy Kimmel came to her, she had to take off the mask. I mean, are you kidding me? Well, I, so I, Jessica Chastain on, oh my gosh, I go back and forth on her because she was like my favorite actress like ever. And I did not like when she went to go see Zelensky and she posted all about it. I'm kind of like, Chastain, sit down, make your movies and know your role. And then I saw her in a mask and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? And, And then like, I guess in the back of my head, I was like, okay, she is doing a Broadway show. Maybe she's doing it for her castmates. I don't know. I just can tell you, I, you can't pay me enough to put on a mask right now, even if, you know what I mean? Like that's me, but I did think of that just because I do like her. So, you know, I don't know. I go back and forth. Well, unless she has some medical issue that we're not privy to, but I, I, you know, anyway, the the whole crowd was all right. So let's, let's get into it. What was your overall impression of the awards, best picture, best director and Mm. the top acting awards? So it's interesting. I I've seen most of the Oscar nominated films for best picture and I loved quite a few of them. One top winner that I did not love was All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a World War I movie. I I did not think it had much of a plot. It was definitely deserved best uh it was best cinematography i believe is one of the words it won and, and that they, that's very deserving it was very wonderful the score was very wonderful it won best original score everything else i was kind of like okay if you want to watch a movie um with young men getting their heads and faces blown off in world war one definitely watch this but i didn't see any character development i didn't see anything like that i was a big fan of banshees uh of anna sharon which is starring colin farrell He was so incredible. And um, that movie just really, really stuck with me. It didn't really win anything. And um, and I was disappointed, but I I understood. And then the movie that did win Best Picture and took home many more awards, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm sure you've heard of that. Yes, Um, I haven't seen it. I mean, skip it. I, I didn't, that's another one I didn't love. I really was like, my husband loved it. I think it takes, um, it takes a special kind of person to really enjoy this movie because it's it's different. It's out there. And and the acting was great, right? Kihi Kwan won Best Supporting. Michelle Yao won Best Actress. Or sorry, Best... Best, sorry. You know, they... I think they changed it for the SAG Awards. For this, I believe it's still Best Actress. But now you're supposed to say lead actor in in a motion picture as a female or something like that. I, I don't know. Whatever. All woke now. Um, but no, she won. And then Jamie Lee Curtis won for mm-hmm. um, Best Supporting Actor. So mm-hmm. so yeah, it took home a lot of awards. And I that's one of the movies I really did not enjoy. Now, I loved The Whale. And I was so happy that Brendan Fraser won for this role. Now, people don't know Brendan Fraser's history, or most people don't know why he is so deserving of this award. He, oh my goodness, this this man has been through a lot. So 
after he finished the the franchise with the mummy and he did George of the Jungle and all these big studio motion pictures where he really had to get in top physical shape and that just doesn't come now actually to him, he had to undergo back surgery, knee surgery. Actually, he had to undergo back surgery twice because the first time something went wrong. Um, All these different surgeries that completely put him out. And then when he finally um, sort of, you know, got back into it, he ended up disclosing some information that he was sexually harassed in 2003 by Philip Burke, who was the president of the Hollywood uh, Foreign Press Association. So he came out and said this. He basically, you know, said me too in 2018 and they exiled him. He couldn't get roles. He couldn't get work. And he was very out, you know, and, and saying like, I, you know, this happened to me. I came forward. I support these, you know, these other women that came forward, like Mira Sorvino and, um, you know, and others. And, and he just kind of said, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick by what I said. And even this year when he was nominated for a golden globe, he did not go. And he told GQ magazine, it's because, you know, my mom didn't raise a hypocrite. So even if I'm nominated for a golden globe moving forward, I will not go because of Philip Burke. So he has just been through a lot. And I was just so happy to see him win. Well, it was incredible. And he did give a very Mm. emotional uh, speech because like you say, he had the mummy franchise where he was fantastic. George of Mm. the jungle where he, he got down to, to like 120 pounds or something yeah. totally ripped yeah. to do it so it was it was nice to see him uh win i did notice that when michelle yo um yeah. won for everything everywhere all at once i think yes. um she made a she made a slam at cnn's don lemon where she said see yeah she said something like um all women are always in their prime or something like that it was well, fantastic yeah, she did she said that and you know it was sort of up in the air if, if she was going to win because i don't know if you heard about this this tweet she deleted yes but she yeah a few hours before voting closed she tweeted um campaigning for herself to win and why Kate Blanchett probably shouldn't win. And that's technically, you know, that's, that's not really uh, allowed for, uh, under the Academy ethics board. So I was, I was nervous for a second that that was going to deter them, but um, it didn't. And Oh, additionally, Andrea Riseborough, who was nominated for the movie to Leslie, she was under investigation for this nomination because to Leslie wasn't, you know, some big studio motion picture and other actors like Christina Ricci, like spoke out against the Academy and was basically like, who do you guys think you are? Like you're, you're these elitist pricks here. Like, are you kidding me? Because this movie didn't cost X, Y, Z, you're going to put her under investigation. So I thought that was very interesting that, that people are starting to notice kind of how elite they are getting in how ridiculous they're getting, you know? Oh, absolutely. Let me ask you about uh, Lady Gaga's performance. So she shows Mm. up on the red carpet. It looks like, and I hate to say this, but it looked looked like she's on Ozempic for weight loss because she's lost a lot of weight. I mean, who knows? Who knows? And I'm not judging. They all all looked so skinny, like so skinny. So, and Jimmy Kimmel made a crack about that at the beginning of the show. So who knows? But anyway, she comes in this very um, avant-garde, black dress uh the dress was really interesting but like fully made up red lip heavy black eye a hair slick back Mm -hmm. but then when she performed she -hmm. was totally stripped down she'd taken off all of the makeup and she was in a plain black t-shirt and like ripped black leggings and she said she wanted to do a stripped down (laughs) version of the song that she did for top gun maverick what's do you have any story behind that i thought it was very interesting 
I I don't have a story behind that. I I did try to because I obviously I noticed that too. She had this like see through dress on the carpet. She was so overdone, and then she gets up there, and <laughs> I'm the worst because my initial reaction is like, who do you think you are? Put some makeup on, get your hair out of a first grade French braid, okay? You're at the freaking Oscars, all right. Also, her little opening speech, I, I just. I don't know. I'm. It's it's going to sound mean the way I say it, but she just sits there and she's like, I just like want to talk. I just, I hated her voice. I wanted her to stop talking and start singing. I just, <laughs> I feel like she's gotten to this point where she thinks she can do no wrong because people have told her she's Lady Gaga and she can do no wrong. I think she's, I don't know. She freaks me out. I think she's straight up Illuminati. I don't think she, uh, I don't think she's very... <laughs> good person inside Uh, no really I'm sorry I know I sound crazy but I'm just not a big fan anymore yeah yeah I know I've seen some dark stuff around her too I mean I I like the power of her voice but I'm not disagreeing with you all right Lauren I'm going to ask you to please stand by we've got so much more fun coming straight up on the other side sit tight and we're back with the great entertainment reporter Lauren Conlon Jimmy Kimmel, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. What kind of performance last night? I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him neutral. Okay. I'll go right in the middle. At first, his opening speech was super cringy. I thought he was really hard on people and um, he didn't, he didn't really uh, redeem himself until he made the Will Smith cracks. And then I was like, okay, I think that's very funny now. Now. Um, he, it was, it was important that he did this. He, I don't think he overdid it. So I was, I was pleased with that. And he kind of went, you know, on record before the show and saying, look, I know you guys don't want to hear about the slap the entire, the entire night. So I'm not going to do that. It's going to be very appropriate. And it was, I mean, and he, you know, he just shamed the Academy and I loved it. Cause he's like, Hey guys, you know, if you slap anyone, just know you're going to be awarded with a, 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 you know, best, a best male actor, you know? So it's just like, come on. It's like, how ridiculous is this? So overall, I'd say, eh, I give him six and a half out of 10, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a fan of his show. I think he's way too political like Colbert. And so I just don't watch it. But last Mm -hmm. night we actually got the first Joe and Hunter Biden joke out of him. I know. Were you so happy? I was so happy. I mean, it was a very mild joke. It wasn't cutting or anything like that, but at least we got it. Exactly. It needed to happen. I mean, gosh, if the Trumps were in office, that whole show would have been a Trump roast and we all know it. Well, exactly. But I think I read somewhere right before the show that they told Kimmel and all of the presenters and guests and nominees, hey, look, we don't want to go political. Now, they were fine going political during George W. Bush years. They were fine political during the Trump years. Um, But Obama and Biden, forget it. Oh, there's nothing funny about all the good work that they're doing. (laughs) You're right. You're right. There's nothing funny about the border or about. Yeah, totally, totally. No, it's so unfair. I mean, but the thing is, I I do believe that most people can see how ridiculously one-sided it is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I I do think, you know, he kept it on an even keel, Kimmel, and I I think he kept the show going and made some self-effacing jokes. So, yeah, I agree with you. I would say six and a half, seven on him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And they strategically picked him. They knew that he, you know, he deals with such crazy people on his show that, you know, and he doesn't know what they're going to say or what they're going to do, some of his guests, because he gets them from viral videos, you know? So they're just regular people that might have a screw loose. So they figured or the Academy figured Jimmy Kimmel would be the right guy for the job. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I'm, I stand by that. He was okay. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. I think they went with a, a safe choice, especially mm-hmm. after last year. They didn't want to take any chances. Um, yes. The In Memoriam segment, let's talk about that, Lauren, because, you know, yeah. I'm watching it last night. And I, at the end, I was like, wait a minute, that's it? So they, mm-hmm. they, they, they had a couple of big names in there of people who had passed away, like Olivia Newton-John. But they messed yeah. that up, too, because they had John Travolta <laughs> there. Um, presenting, setting up the in memoriam segment, he got very mm-hmm. emotional. He was basically crying because he knew that the first yeah. person to appear on the screen was going to be his longtime friend and co-star, Olivia right. Newton-John. But they like brush past her to move to like all of these random people, like the sound engineer from the Wizard of Oz, like I, right, like I, I you know. know, I feel for all these people who passed away, but come on. Yeah, it was it was rough. I mean, John Travolta overall doesn't have a great track record at award shows. Let's not forget when he absolutely butchered Adina Menzel's name mm-hmm. and it was just the most awkward, uncomfortable <laughs> moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of like last night. But no, I I did notice, um, you know, Tom Sizemore, one of my favorite actors, he was not mentioned. And he was, I mean, he was in so many great films and a number of them were nominated for Oscars, like Saving Private Ryan. Same with Anne Heche. She wasn't mentioned. Paul Sorvino, Tony Sirico. Um, there's a girl that actually passed away. Her name is Charblee Dean, and she was in Triangle of Sadness. She was a, a lead role in an Oscar-nominated movie this year, and they did not include her. So I did see um, in fine print that if you go to the Academy Awards website, you'll see a full list of these people. But the fact that they couldn't be bothered to put their picture up is very troubling. And I actually saw Mira Sorvino. She posted um, this morning on Instagram just a, a tribute to her dad and, you know, her dad being there when she won her Oscar. And she actually didn't say anything about him not being honored, which I found interesting. And she's, overall, she's a pretty positive person, but I guess it is it bothers me more than it bothers her. And I don't really get that, but Hey, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it was disappointing though, to say the least. Oh, Leslie Jordan. That was another one. Leslie oh, Jordan right. wasn't uh, right. Uh, like, I mean, these I are know. big names, Lauren, and they found yeah. room to include all of these random people in, you know, I, I'm not saying their mm-hmm. roles over the years are not important in terms of sound engineering and, and costume design. All of that stuff is critical to making a project, but you're talking yeah. about super famous people like Tom Sizemore, Saving Private Ryan, and all these roles, like big, big names who were excluded. Maybe they put together the video montage like a a month in advance, and then they can't change it. Maybe they need to hire someone like me who's used to working in breaking news (laughs) and like, guys, you know, you got to have this montage ready up until the very last minute. No freaking way, did they? There is no way. I mean, it's the, it's the Oscars. Like, they have the money. They can make these edits. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely confused as to why they would leave these people out. I mean, the only thing I could think of is they want to give other people, like you mentioned, these sound engineers and these producers behind the scenes, they want to give them a little bit of, um, you know, stage time, I guess, because maybe they think Anne Heche and Paul Servino have already 
gotten their time in the spotlight, but that's no. not really a reason. I, no. I really, I don't understand. That's I ridiculous. Don't. No. Yeah. And you can make the in memoriam as long as you want and cut down somewhere else in the show. Right? It, it, right? That's ridiculous. Okay. Yes, so agree- anyway, I'm, I'm over them on that. So mm-hmm. thanks. Yeah, um, same. Um, any other real snubs you want to bring to our attention? Mm, well, I think, you know, I know a lot of people were upset that Top Gun did not get nominated yes. for best, yeah, best cinematography. So that was something that I know a lot of people in the film industry were kind of up in arms about. Me personally, there is a film out right now with Javier Bardem. You can actually, and Constance Wu, you can watch it on Netflix Technically, it's a children's movie, but it's it's for adults as well. It's called Lyle Lyle Crocodile. I was shocked that did not get nominated. And you can Google that. And I am not alone. A ton of people are like in shock. That was one of the best movies I've seen. My children are obsessed with it, but I can sit down and genuinely watch it with them and love it. I mean, it's it's so good. And I can't believe that it wasn't even nominated for um you know, uh, best original score. It's, it's so good. I, I just can't say enough good things about it. Wow. But okay. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even heard of it. So they had like no promotional budget. Apparently. No, but no, they, they really didn't. And then, um, Barry, uh, I have such a hard time saying his name, Barry Keoghan. He is from Banshees of Inna Sharon. He was nominated for best supporting actor and Kihi Kwan won for everything everywhere all at once. Kihi Kwan's best known as short rounds in Indiana Jones. Um, you know, Barry, I do think Barry deserved this award over Kihi Kwan, but Kihi Kwan's story was so incredible. His comeback after 20 years, you know, not being in films because he felt like there's not a place for Asian Americans in Hollywood. Um, and, you know, he just makes this incredible return. I think people were here for his story. I think, you know, they just loved his performance. And they loved that he made a comeback. But I do think that Barry was a better actor overall. It, very interesting. If you do, yeah, if you do watch the film Banshees of Nasharan, it is it's the oddest movie, Monica. I can't explain it to you. Just stick with it. It's <laughs> so weird, but I just there's something about it. I just really enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Good tip. Good tip. Yes. Um yeah, I love Top Gun Maverick and I loved it in so many different ways. The nostalgia, the hope that it promised, Tom Cruise mm. looking unbelievable at the age of sixty, reprising <laughs> this role. Yes. Um, all of it. So where was Tom Cruise last night? Because he was nominated for Best Actor and uh, Top Gun Maverick was nominated for Best Picture, but he was not there. Yeah, I noticed that. And I am so surprised that he wasn't there. Um, you know, that that is definitely a big mystery. They uh, they basically said it hours before the show um, started that he wouldn't be attending. So it said that he was overseas filming Mission Impossible 8, and he just couldn't make it back. So... That's that. <laughs> okay, I'm you not know, buying gotta, that story. I'm not really? buying that story. No, because well, I think he's definitely overseas, but these are the you Academy don't. Awards and he's nominated and his movie is nominated. I, I just feel like, yeah. you know, the studio puts him on a private jet, brings him over for two days and sends him back to the set. I, I just, I'm not buying it. And by the way, Tom Cruise is really the last big movie star Mm -hmm. you know like the last classic movie star and so you know these others are they're all incredibly talented but they're like okay Mm -hmm. you know who really cares but people cared about Tom Cruise I did I noticed that like you don't see Brad Pitt at the Oscars anymore you don't see George Clooney you don't see you know what I mean you don't see all these like 
Or did you see him last night? I don't even no, remember. and that's yeah, that was going to be my like, that was going to be my <laughs> final question to you because <laughs> really? you don't see old school <laughs> movie stars like once in a while. I remember a couple of years ago, the final presentation for Best Picture, they brought up Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, who had starred in Bonnie and Clyde. Every once in a while, you know, they'll bring up a, a Clint Eastwood or a Warren Beatty or somebody, but you generally don't see the old school stars there. I know they're all getting old as we all will at some point um but yeah. you just don't see that and and tom cruise is not tom cruise is 30 years younger than the stars i just mentioned but i mean right. wh- why don't you see more of the like hollywood glamour crowd yeah no that's a really good question and it's it's funny because tom cruise you're right he is 30 years younger but to me and like my generation he is just a classic actor like george clooney you know and like brad pitt and and yeah where where have these people been i mean i guess they're just not drinking the kool-aid anymore which you know is kind of kind of great um but no let's just remember that the last time warren Beatty and 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 a faye dunaway type presented on stage um you know they announced the wrong movie for best picture (laughs) but it wasn't their fault it was not their fault they were handed the wrong envelope but but you know they did and and you know they made some headlines for this and and actually that was the last time that jimmy kimmel um hosted 2017 when when they announced the wrong best picture but no it's a really good question i personally think that actors and and actresses from old hollywood that are still alive they are just not into this go woke go broke hollywood and i don't blame them well, you know, we did see one classic movie star last night, and that was Harrison Ford presenting the best mm. picture. So I guess we Good had point. one. But it would be mm-hmm. nice to just see some of them attend without a role, yeah. not presenting, not, you know, nominated, just, you know, some old school Hollywood stars rolling, Barbara mm. Streisand, you know, <sighs> Clint Eastwood, yes. just roll in and sit in the front row and just uh, uh, have fun at the show. I Maybe know. they're invited and they don't want to go. I, I don't know, but that's, if, that's a good question. I wonder if they, if they're invited and they're just like, eh, pass. Well, I'll tell you, and, and then I'll let you go. I'll tell you, I laughed out loud when Jamie Lee Curtis over the last couple of weeks, she was nominated and won Best Supporting Actress mm. last night. She uh, said over the last couple of days that she uh, declined the invite to the private dinner for the nominees. Ju- it's just a dinner for all of the nominees, very private. And she oh. said publicly that she turned down going because the call time was 7.30. And she mm. said, look, you're not going to eat until 9 o'clock. And she said, you're not <laughs> to get home until 1130 or midnight. And she goes, I'm in bed by 730. I crawl in bed with my remote control. I watch my shows. I I read. I do whatever. (laughs) I'm not going out late. And then she did another whole spiel on how concerts, instead of starting at 8 or 830, 9 o'clock at night, concerts should begin at, there should be matinees. She goes, I want to see Coldplay at 1 in the afternoon. And I'm like dying because that's me. I'm like, no, yes, geez. I would that love funny. that. I thought that was super funny and um, off topic, but did you see when Jamie Lee Curtis won, did you see Angela Bassett's face? Yes. What happened yeah. there? She was like a I, sourpuss. I know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out the backstory with that, but she, oh my gosh, she hasn't spoken out or anything like that, but 
man, that was a funny face, right? Yes, yes. When Jamie Lee Curtis won, if you guys were watching, Angela Bassett, who's also a legend, what's love got to do with it, etc. She sat there, looked like she had just sucked on a lemon. I mean, she was really <laughs> like, she if she had a face on her. I mean, she really yeah. did. She was not happy. And there's nothing in the news. There's nothing that said, you know, it's just that she was a sourpuss. She was just took it really hard. Well, apparently. So if you find out what really went down, come back and tell us. I will. I totally will. (laughs) Lauren, you were fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, on this show, we cover a lot of heavy stuff. So we had to lighten it up today and you were perfect for this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Lauren Conlon, go check out her podcast wherever you get your podcast. Lauren Interviews. That's the name of the podcast, Lauren Interviews. It's a really fun entertainment-based uh, podcast. She's got big stars on all the time, but she also has some fun with politics and, and other stuff. Also, check her out on social media, on Twitter, Conlon underscore Lauren. Thank you so much, girl. Thanks, Monica. Bye. Well, that was a fantastic show, wasn't it? We covered the important stuff, and we're also going to keep a very close eye on this emerging uh, crisis in the banking sector. There's no need to panic, no need to do a run on your bank. Everybody take a deep breath. But we are going to watch closely about what the regulators are going to do and also uh, what public policy is going to be. And if you and I are going to end up footing the bill for this and holding the bag as we usually do, So we're going to stay all over this. Later in the week, we're going to have the great Kelsey Grammer join us for an extensive interview. It's going to be amazing. So tell all of your friends about the Monica Crowley podcast. Really appreciate you guys. And thank you for checking out all of our great sponsors. Have a terrific start to your day. And I will see you right back here on Wednesday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.